What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host, Steve Hillen, along with your fellow football host, Alex the Marine Ruiz, Matt Bear Kaczynski. Gentlemen, week 15 of the NFL regular season is upon us. This is episode 135 of our little football show, and we're going to get right into it. It is an all-NFL show tonight, as there's no college football um, really to look at into if you want to get into some of the bowl games that are coming up this weekend you can do that on your own time but it's really nuts and bolts nfl time so i'm just looking at recruiting at this point yeah recruiting early signing period coming up in a week so that's a big deal for people who follow that obviously and there's regular signing day in february so lots of uh recruiting type of news in the world of college football that's what happens when your team sucks and you have nothing else to look forward to well, yeah, I mean, when there's no when there's no bowl game, you got to turn your attention to next year. There's no doubt. But with that being said, let's start off the show with our drink of the night, brought to you by String Sports Brewery. Um, I was able to go across the street to the Walmart and get a Miller Lite, so I'm back to the norm. Back to some Miller time. That's it. Alex, you usually have something interesting, so. Are you, are, you, are you still doing your liquid death? I sure am. Matt with his liquid death. Is it the citrus lime? Uh, no, I have the berry one this time. Well, it's interesting. I like that one. The berry one is good. I like it. I think the lime is the best, um, in my humble opinion. It's got the best. It's got the easiest flavor to digest, I think, but the berry. Do you ever, do you ever spike the citrus lime liquid death with some vodka? I have not. Oh, all right. I have not. All right, well, you never know. Just food for thought there. What do you got, Alex? I am drinking a woodchuck hard cider, but this one is a sangria. Oh, okay. Do you ever put the uh, the Tennessee fire in the woodchuck? No, I don't have any Tennessee fire. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But, yeah, I'm drinking the red and fruity sangria wild berry. How is that? Because I know Woodchuck makes some really interesting. It's, um, it's. I'm not a fan of different flavored ciders, but they've got this one. They've got a. They've got one they call Pear Seco, and they got another one. They're all pretty good, but this mixed berry one is is probably the second best one they got. I had a Woodchuck phase there for a little while, and I used to drink a couple different ones, and they were always honestly pretty damn good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Consistent. All right, so let's uh, let's get into our show, boys. We'll recap uh, Week 14 in the NFL. We'll update you on what the uh, the playoffs the playoff picture looks like. We'll recap uh, the games as we go. So Thursday night it was Raiders Rams. Baker Mayfield came in and led the Rams to a come from behind fourth quarter victory, scoring a touchdown in the final seconds to beat the Raiders seventeen to sixteen. A big time choke job by the Raiders, but what else do you expect from the Raiders? Sunday. Uh, you had an AFC East divisional matchup, the rematch Jets Bills up in Orchard Park. This time the Bills got it done 20 to 12. An AFC North divisional matchup, Battle of Ohio, Browns and Bengals. Bengals handle their business 23 to 10. They've won five in a row. Burrow and Chase back on track. Uh, the Battle of the Lone Star State, the biggest spread of the day. This was Matt's um, top pick in terms of the bets that we gave out. It was Dallas and Houston. Texans were plus 17 and a half. 
They covered that easy. So Matt's pick obviously hit there. The Cowboys survive in advance. They win 27-23. But if you had Matt's pick of Texans plus 16 and a half, you covered easy. Never NFC North. Favorite. Well, you know, it is what it is. 15 point favorite never happens in the NFL. Yeah, you're right. But like I said, you're one and know on the pick. So if anybody Ooh. listening to the show followed your advice, they would have won money on that game. NFC North divisional matchup, Vikings and Lions. Lions uh, stay hot. They've won five of their last six. They beat the Vikings 34-23. to Controversial, no touchdown for Justin Jefferson on a great play. They said he stepped out of bounds. If you would have looked at the replay, you saw that his foot actually stayed inbounds. Missed call. Didn't matter. Ultimately, Lions win by 11 in a big uh, W for them. Jaguars, Titans, Jaguars win in Nashville for the first time since 2013. Trevor Lawrence lit it up career-high passing yards. Jaguars 36, Titans 22. Lawrence seems to be getting into his own. And Evan Ingram, a career day, former Giants uh, tight end, 162 yards, two touchdowns on 11 catches. Never had a game like that for the Giants. Sometimes he didn't have a season like that for the Giants. Hey, uh, speaking of the Giants, it that's was what not a tight good result against the Eagles. Uh, 48-22 Eagles throttle. It was not really a close game. They got a, Giants got a garbage time touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Miles Sanders, big day on the ground. AFC North, bloodbath, Ravens, Steelers. A lot of backup quarterbacks in this game. A lot of ugly offense in this game. Ravens win 16 to 14. I had the under 36 and a half, so that hit. Alex had the over 52 and a half in the Lions and Vikings game, so that hit. So if you're keeping track at home, the three of us with our top bets of the week all hit. So the show went 3 and 0 last week. If you add that to the 2 and 0 week before that, this show is 5 and 0 on giving out winning picks. So just a little food for thought as you listen to this show. We pick winners on this show. That's what we do. Uh, Chiefs-Broncos AFC West matchup. Chiefs win 34-28. Broncos tried to keep it close and uh, mount a comeback in the second half. Chiefs hold on. Buccaneers 49ers. This game was over at halftime. 49ers win 35-7. Bucks got absolutely rolled in the game, even with Debo Samuel uh, getting an ankle injury. Uh, Panthers, Seahawks, and what was kind of a surprising uh, road upset. Panthers 30 to 24 in a game that Seattle really needed to win uh, in terms of their playoff outlook. Uh, so, kind of a bad loss for Seattle there. Sunday night football, the Herbert Tua showdown. Chargers uh, defense with five starters out on defense uh, made Tua look like a JV high school quarterback. He only had three completions going in to the final drive in the fourth quarter when he completed four. Uh, so the Chargers defense stepped up big. Herbert was on fire. He's got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back. And all of a sudden, they look like a different team. Huge win for the Chargers. Then Monday night, Patriots, Cardinals. Obviously, Kyler Murray goes down. Third play of the game, torn ACL. Changes the entire game for the Cardinals. Patriots uh, handle their business 27-13 to in just a classic Belichick style game where the defense just dominates defense scores a touchdown so that being said boys the results of our picks from last week alex won the week at nine and four i went eight and five matt went seven and six my dad went six and seven 
So for the season, uh, we're sitting right now at um, I'm at one thirty-eight and seventy. My dad is at one thirty-one and seventy-seven. Matt's at one twenty-five and eighty-three, and Alex is at one twelve and ninety-six. Um, but Alex won the week, like I said, with a nine and four record. Alex was the only one who had the Panthers. Alex was the only one that had the Rams. Alex was the only one that had the Jaguars. So there you go. He picked those games nine months ago. All right. So, boys, from the week that was, what impressed you, what surprised you, and what disappointed you? Um, uh, I'm not. Sorry. Uh, my bad. Um, so... Yes, we just talked about that I picked it, but I'm still going to say I'm impressed. Um, I knew they would cover the spread, but uh, I was still impressed that it was just a game that was actually interesting. Um, and I got to give a little shout out to the Houston Texans. Um, hey, look, I don't care what anybody says. Like, the scoreboard shows a four-point loss. Like, the disparity of talent on the team is ridiculous between those two teams. But, hey, uh, it was an interesting game. Um, I, I thought it was super intriguing to just see the battle of Texas happen. And, uh, Hey, look, I, I, I said it, you never bet the big spread. Those teams always will fold or they're always going to play down to the talent or what we used to like, what we all like to call a trap game. So Texans, kudos to you. Um, you I'm going to be honest with this one. Uh, not that I'm ever not, but I was surprised by Detroit. Um, I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit because they're frustrating me uh, in some ways, and then they've been on a roll. Um, but it's mostly because I've been on the Vikings bandwagon. So, yeah, I was uh, pretty surprised. But, you know, kudos to you, uh, Detroit. You're actually looking like a pretty damn good team. Um, I'm, MCDC is just absolutely killing it as being a likable coach and a likable guy. The story of him not even paying attention when they threw a pass to Penny Sewell was fantastic. Um, might be one of the best football things I've heard all year. He's too busy watching the wave. He's too busy watching the freaking wave. Your head coach is watching the fucking wave while you're running a play to a lineman. That's yeah. fantastic. You can't make that shit up. That's because he had Lions fans actually excited. So there you go. What uh, what was disappointing to, for you? I do have to give one little shout-out to Impressed as well. I got to give the Jags a little shout-out as well. Not that I – I mean, you know. I – yeah. Pretty sure I thought I picked them, but hey, whatever. Um, and, I mean, I'm not spending any but one sentence on this because I have a different disappointed. But, um, yeah, disappointed and just the, the Giants just being Giants right now. Um, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave it at that for that one right now. Um, Fair enough. The biggest disappointment to me, though, just because of why I picked it and or why I picked this team to win and they didn't. And we all did, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, kind of just – it's getting harder and harder to defend some of these games. Um, the Bucks, Brady, bro, like, what's going on? Like, I mean, I know it's not always Brady, but, like – Yeah, that was bad. For, and I am going to say one thing, though. Not. We need to stop with Brock Purdy. He's a product of a system, and the 49ers just have a really, really good system. So, let's not call – Brock Purdy, like, 
that good yet. Let's like relax. Mister yeah, Irrelevant's not winning the Super Bowl. Let's calm down. Like, uh, dude, the way he's getting talked about right now, it's like you got the second coming of Christ. I'm like, okay, calm yeah. down. Good game, good game. But game manager, he didn't throw for outstanding yards. He passed for a high percentage. Don't get me wrong. Which shit, you could take that and put that as another one of these categories. But um, yeah, disappointed in the Bucks. I mean, they've been kind of mediocre all year, but. Yeah, they yeah. got rolled in that one for sure. Yeah, Alex, what do you got for it? Ex- uh, impressive, surprised, disappointed. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed in the Steelers. To Even be though they won, or they lost. they lost by two. Yeah, I mean, and it's not. It's not, obviously it's not their fault, right? I, I mean, mean, Trubisky came in and threw three picks. What do you want? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, Kenny Pickett got injured on Friday, Mitch. Second play of the damn game. So it's, it is what it is. It's, um, Trubinsky came in and, you know, 276 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Um, but they were still in the game. Um, you know, not the Ravens are on their third string quarterback now. Yeah. So, I mean, it, they were still in the game. It was badly injured and, and they could have pulled it off. So I think that'd be the biggest disappointment for me is that they couldn't overcome that. Fair enough. Uh, surprised. I'm gonna have to go with the Rams. Yeah, no shit. I mean, to Fine. to be down down sixteen to three with three oh three left to go in the game, and and find a way to freaking win it with with Baker Mayfield is kind of yeah. Uh, you know that that a that, dude that literally only knew five plays in the playbook. Yeah, like that. I mean, that to me is like insane. And I, their defense put them in a position to to do that. Derek Carr with two interceptions, no touchdowns. They, he he was limited to 137 yards through the air. So uh, I really, I, honestly, don't know how the Raiders do what the Raiders do. It's a very yeah. fair point, but I am just gonna say though, is it more that the the Rams actually played good football, or the Raiders just are that? Pathetic. I mean, they had well. A- that's the thing, though, is like the Raiders have the Raiders have won games where you're like, oh, no. right. and then they uh-huh. lose games. Where that's you're what, like, that's what, what I mean. Is it is it really? I mean, I don't know. Hey, you know what? Good for you, Baker. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, with yeah. Alex. Though it's okay. definitely it's sure. definitely one of the more surprising. It was definitely surprising. Like no yeah. choice. <laughs> I mean, God, dude, Devontae Adams was targeted seven times and caught the ball three times for seventy-one yards. So yeah, I, I mean, nobody else. Mac Hollins, Amir Abdul. I think that game. I think that game result is proof that you really can't win anything that matters with Derek Carr at quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean he's literally just proving it more and more and more and more that he is just not the guy. Alex, what impressed you the most? Or no, did you did? uh, I would say what. What? Well, I said what impressed you the most. Um, I would say what impressed me the most, uh, the Panthers. Yeah, going all, going across country and pulling off a win like that. Did, yeah, did Alex just talked nice about the Panthers, and it wasn't like it was a combined effort, right? I mean, you look at the team; they had two hundred and twenty-three yards on the ground with two touchdowns. Yeah, they're they're uh, winning with the way you need to win in December and January. Yeah. They, they held up their own, right? They only gave up two sacks. Sam Darnold, as shitty as he is, had a 100-plus yards touchdown. 
Um, you know, the guys that they needed to step up in that game, Chenault and Hubbard and, and Marshall, all those guys stepped up. All the receivers stepped up. Um, yeah. Except, you know, Moore, who, whatever, DJ Moore is confusing to me. But um, everybody else that they needed to do something, you know, to put them in that position did it. They had, you know, one fumble. They had uh, J.C. Horn had two interceptions. So that dude can ball. Like, I, I would say yeah. I'm most impressed about that, right? I mean, this is a team that was going into the week four and eight against a team that was seven and five and it absolutely destroying everybody, talking about a multi-year deal for Geno Smith. And then Carolina comes in and was like, yeah, hey, uh, you're three touchdowns and two interceptions. There's not going to be enough to beat us. Sit the fuck down. Like, that, yeah. to me, is impressive. Obviously, um, Seattle had no run game, I, I mean, at all. They, they're, their leading rusher was 26 yards. Yeah, so, and you can tell that they're not equipped to win without a, without Kenneth Walker at running back. Yeah, you took away you took away Kenneth. So now now people have to wonder, right? Is it is it Kenneth Walker that's creating the ability for this team to win as impressively as you know Smith, or is it just a fluke game? Yeah, so well, that, we're I gonna find out this week because Seattle's got another home game and they've got the Niners coming to town. So we'll Rock see first. when we get into preview. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my disappointment because it's the same game and I'm disappointed in Seattle because it was a home game against a team that isn't really all that great who had to come across country and Seattle's battling for the possibility of their playoff lives and a playoff you know seed and they couldn't get it done and and these games when you have missed opportunities like this and you get to the end of the season and Sometimes these are the type of games that are the difference between you getting into the dance and you being back on your couch. So for me, Seattle was my disappointment. Um, my surprise, 100% was the Jets. They haven't won in Nashville since 2013. And I mean, it was a pleasant surprise, um, but there's no way I saw that coming with the way the team had been Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they just got their doors blown off the week before against the Lions, how the – I mean, the defense wasn't great. I mean, Derrick Henry still had a big game. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, with his a career day. Evan Ingram, obviously, with a career day. And, and yeah, so that's what it took. It took career days um, from the Jaguars on their offense. I mean, Zay Jones making, you know, outrageous plays. So, I mean, the Jaguars definitely, um, you know, pulled one out of the – the the rabbit out of the hat, so to speak. We'll see how they do this week against Dallas at home. This could be a letdown, you know, Jekyll, Jekyll Hyde type of week. But that was my surprise. Good for the Jaguars. Lawrence definitely starting to uh, show what kind of quarterback he can be if he gets the right kind of uh, consistent play around them. And then I was impressed. And this is this is um, this is not like a um, a homer take, but I was impressed with the Chargers' defense because of how many fuckers they were missing on defense and the fact that they were able to uh, slow down the Dolphins' passing attack. I mean, yes, Tyreek Hill burned him deep for a 60-yard touchdown, but Michael Davis fell on the play. And yes, Tyreek Hill scored another touchdown on a fluke fumble recovery returned for 60 yards that looked like a rugby scrum where everybody was just standing around in a pile and he got it and ran out, ran everybody. So technically if you, if you watched the game or you rewatched the game, you saw Tyreek Hill score on 
really two fluke plays. Other than that, the Dolphins did nothing. The Chargers defense uh, did exactly what you have to do against Tua, who is literally a timing rhythm quarterback because he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's going to throw short passes to Waddle and Hill who are going to do run after the catch and make it look, make Tua look good. What did the Chargers on defense do knowing that they were hurt? They played zone defense. They took away the, the middle of the field between the numbers where Tua likes to throw the ball and forced him to throw the ball outside the numbers where his arm's not strong enough and you saw what happened. He couldn't complete a fucking pass. So <clears throat> Great job by the Chargers. That was impressive. I I didn't see it coming, but as I watched the game and I noticed what the tendencies were, I was impressed with what they were able to do. So kudos to Staley and the Chargers uh, for concocting a scheme there. Now, that being said, boys, this is how the playoffs look as we go into Week 15. The AFC, you've got Buffalo's the one seed in the East Division. Chiefs, the two seed, the West Division, the Ravens, the three seed, and still the North Division champs as it is right now. The Titans, the four seed as the South Division champs, and then your wild card, five seed Bengals, six seed Dolphins, seven seed Patriots. In the NFC, the only team so far that has clinched a playoff spot is the one seed Philadelphia Eagles in the East two-seed Vikings in the north, three-seed 49ers in the west, four-seed Buccaneers in the south, <clears throat> and at six and seven, they might get in with a losing fucking record. Um, just gag me there. And then your wild card team is the entire NFC East. you got the Cowboys at five, the Commanders at six, and the Giants at seven. So before we get into our picks and our previews for this week, boys, I just want to pop you up with a, a hypothetical here. Well, actually, it's not really a hypothetical, but it's more of a what's your opinion, who's got the easier road. And we're going to get into it as we preview the game. But you've got the Sunday night football game, Commanders-Giants, basically a playoff game, and this is why I think it's a playoff game. They play against each other. They tied the first time. Now they're playing against each other again. Then they've got three games apiece the rest of the year. The Commanders will uh, play against the 49ers on the road out in, out in California. Then they've got two home games against the Browns and the Cowboys. The Giants, after the Commanders, go on the road to Minnesota. They've got a home game against the Colts. Then they've got a road game at Philadelphia, which last game of the season with that one may or may not be a rest day for the Eagles remains to be seen if they've already got the one seed locked up. So that game's a little bit of a mystery. But if you just go under the assumption that all the teams that they face are going to be playing to win the game, you got Giants facing Vikings, Colts, Eagles. You got Commanders facing 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. It is realistic to think that both of those teams, after they play this game, could go and finish the season one and two which makes this game Sunday night, and this is the question for both of you guys, is this game Sunday night a playoff game? The winner of this game is making the playoffs. Well, I, I mean, you kind of already said it. I, I mean, as soon as I, like, I knew kind of the schedules, but breaking it down, seeing them just, uh, like, literally, like, these little mini-seasons of these three games um, for each team side by side, 
I mean, my gut instinct goes, okay, Washington's easy win or should be easy win or game that they probably will win, Cleveland. Okay. Giants, game that they probably could win, should win, and have to win, uh, Indy. Yep. Oh, you're looking at one and two each, like you said. Here's the, get, here's the kicker. We already know they tied. So, basically, the tiebreaker goes to whoever wins the game. So, yep. absolutely, it's a playoff game. And I'm going to be the homer. I don't care. You can lock me in now. I don't care. I am taking the Giants. I am not picking against them. Screw it. I think they're going to take it. Let's go. That's fine. All right, Alex, same question to you. Is this a playoff game, and does the winner get in the playoffs? Um, yes, and yes. All right. My follow-up question, and then we'll get into the week's games and previewing and picks. Is this – the biggest game of Daniel Jones's career as a Giant. Yes, yes, hundred percent. All right, I had to I had to throw it out there because there's just there's so much on the line. This, this is going to be being a regular season game. I mean, it, it is what it is. People are going to be like, "Oh, well, he doesn't have anybody," but it's a game like this that they're going into in a situation like this. That regardless of what the hell you have around yep. you, you as the quarterback have to find a way to make it work. You have to find a way to get to win that game. So. Yep. Um. Yeah, it absolutely is the biggest game of his career because if he can't get it done, he's definitely gone. Um. So hold on. Nah. Hold on. Hold on. I am gonna stop you there. Nope. Only because you, I know you, you don't want to hear it because you're just oblivious to it. But you know, sure. But what am I oblivious? You're not to? gonna do. You're not gonna just go and try to hope that one of the guys that are coming out of college somehow it's going to look like it. Because let's be real, these kids coming out in this draft class have all jumped all around because none of them have been consistent, and they are all honestly mediocre. Truthfully, they all are. None of these kids are top five quarterback talent coming out right now. So why would you jump and make that risk? It'll at least get consistency. Now, granted, I mean, if you get dog-walked by Washington and, like, Jones has, like, multiple turnovers, okay, I will agree, probably a different story. I don't see it happening. He's not that – he's truly not that guy anymore. Even when he's had a bad game with it, he's still – that didn't cost him the game the same way it did. Listen, um, Daniel Jones has to win this game. Not not, I, not the Giants, okay? Not Barkley. has to win it, but – not, not, not Barkley. They can't win it off of Barkley's back and legs, okay? Well, they can't Daniel win Jones has to command this game and win it because if he doesn't and we win because of Barkley, he's still gone. Well, they're not going to win because of Barkley because Barkley isn't going to win because of himself because he can't get out of his own way yet again. Guy's hurt. Not, he's not even on the injury report. What are you talking about? Bro, he practiced in full today, but he's got to get back onto that pace he in, the in the beginning of the year. He's been so. putting his way through the line for three weeks. Yeah. Well, let's get into the let's get into this week, boys, because we well, Matt's obviously picking the Giants. Alex, you can make the pick when we get to it. Let's start off with the Thursday nighter. This is we already kind of talked about these two teams. This is a huge game out there in the Pacific Northwest. 49ers Seahawks. Right now it's Niners minus three road favorite over under 43 and a half. This is basically the season for Seattle right here. In my opinion, if they don't find a way to win this game and keep themselves in the hunt, I think it kind of uh, a, a good season, I think, comes to a crashing end here. Uh, who do you boys got in this one? I went with San Francisco. Right, Alex has got the Niners. 
Yeah, I was intrigued to hear who you had because I know you did it early. Um, yeah, I got I got San Francisco. I think Brock Purdy is literally a product of the system because there's a great system in place in San Francisco, and I, I think they're going to keep rolling. All right, so we're all on the 49ers there. Uh, this next one starts the Saturday slate of games. Let's go. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We're going to get three Saturday like games, so it's pretty exciting there. Colts-Vikings, right now Minnesota, minus four and a half, over under 48 and a half. Who are you guys going with here? Minnesota. All right, Alex, or uh, Matt's going Vikings with a bounce back. I, I, I have zero faith in Indianapolis, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust the Colts as far as I could throw them. Well, I unfortunately have the Colts. Well, you unfortunately had the Rams, and they won last week, so you never fucking know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, battle of the NFC, of the AFC North, uh, Ravens-Browns. Right now it's Browns minus two-and-a-half point home favorite against the division leaders. Over-under is 37-and-a-half, and you know the Browns are the favorite because the Ravens are on their third-string fucking quarterback, and they're banking on Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb to get it going. But that being said, who do you boys got winning this game? Do the Browns brown, or do they actually step up to the plate and pull off an upset, even though they're a favorite? Did I tell you what? This might be. There's a couple this week. I mean, Vegas is just daring you to to take the Browns minus two and a half because of that quarterback situation in Baltimore. But we saw Baltimore could still run the ball. Without Lamar Jackson, they rely on J.K. Dobbins and the rest of the running backs to actually do their job, and they do it well. The only problem is, is what what defense are you going to get from Cleveland? Are you going to be able to? That is the question. Like, are you going to are you going to get a defense that's just going to give up plays, or is Cleveland going to be a little bit tight and stingy, and then literally force the run, and then be able to stop the run? That is a hundred percent the wild card in this game because Baltimore, we know, can play defense. And we know Baltimore can run the ball. But what does Cleveland do on defense? Here's the thing, actually. I can't believe – I've got to be outside my mind. Um, but sorry, Vegas. I'm not biting. Uh, honestly, I think Baltimore still wins it. All right. So, Al – or Matt's still going Ravens. Alex, what did you pick nine months ago? I went with the Browns. All right. So, he's going Brownies. So, technically, this would not be an upset according to the books. But in terms of the records – it would technically be an upset, so we'll see how that one goes. That one is an intriguing one to me, um, for sure. Big matchup. What's that? Who did you pick? Oh, I went, I went with the Brownies as well. Okay, so cool. Yeah. Great. I'm a swing pick. Awesome. Yeah, you, got a, you got a swing pick there. I went with the Brownies as well. I, something just – I just have this weird feeling in this game. It might be the last game the Browns win all season, to be honest. So, we'll see. All right, boys. Rematch. In the AFC East division, Dolphins-Bills up there in Orchard Park, New York. Bills Mafia has been chomping at the bit for this rematch. It's going to be fucking cold. It's going to be nighttime. Bills Mafia is going to be drunk as hell. So they've already sold out of all the collapsible chairs in the entire county. Right now it's Bills minus 7.5. Over-under is 43.5. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo in this one. I I think that the Dolphins' offense has been schemed by the league 
and I don't think they've got enough time to adjust what they do. I'm taking the Bills. The Bills play excellent zone defense, and they're going to come after Tua. Yeah, um, you led me right to it. Sorry, Alex. Um, I got to just kind of carry that point because, look, your team did it, and guess what? Copycat league. Buffalo, like you said, plays good zone defense. They've got good guys on the numbers in coverage. Tua, you thought you had a struggle against the Chargers? I think this could be, honestly, a really, really ugly game. Um, it's They're not going to be able to have the same passing attack because Tua – Good luck playing in that cold, bro. It's gonna suck. You ain't. It's not. You're not in Kansas anymore, man. Actually, Kansas would be better, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be frigid up there in Buffalo. It's be, it, it plays right to to the Bills. Yeah, um, and you and you know the Bills are pissed because they lost earlier in the year, yeah. and all they've heard is about how good the Dolphins are. Well, you know, it plays right to the Bills though, because even if you look at it and go, okay, well, it's gonna be really cold. It's gonna. It is gonna genuinely be hard to really get a passing tech just because that crispness sometimes makes it tough to get in rhythm. Um, but guess what? Who's got a better running quarterback in a cold? Allen, because he's a – it's more force. It's not finesse. Yeah. So you're looking at a, a brute back kind of running back versus Tua. Yeah. All right. So Matt's circling the wagons. Alex, what are you doing? There I am. Well, yeah, I already – I predicted Bills here. So <laughs> here's my stat of the night before we get to the next game. The last two games for the Dolphins – Tua's QBR rating against zone coverage, eight. So there you go. Eight. Beautiful. Yes. That's lower. Go. That's lower than uh, that's lower than Baker Mayfield seventeen. Yeah. So just chew on that as you listen to the show, folks. Tua against zone, QBR eight. All right. Falcons, Saints, you get the uh, starting debut of Desmond Ritter at quarterback for the Falcons, the rookie QB. Uh, Four-and-a-half-point home favorite for the Saints, over under 42-and-a-half. Um, I've got the Saints to win this game, and the uh, the under on 42-and-a-half is very intriguing here because, believe it or not, the Saints can play defense just enough, and I think that's going to – Confuse the rookie quarterback just enough. And the Saints aren't really explosive on offense. So this is not my pick of the week. This is not my one that I'm giving out. But it is an intriguing over-under, uh, the underplay at 42-and-a-half potentially there. But I'm going with the Saints. What do you boys got here? I went with Atlanta. All right, Alex is going Falcons. Did you pick this one thinking Ritter was going to be the QB? I thought Ritter was going to be the QB by week six. Oh, yeah, that is true. All right, so there you go. So he's got the Falcons. Matt, what do you got here? Um, this is another one. Else. I'm like, it's like, what shittier team do you pick? Um, Somehow uh, Saints are not dead in this division. That's because this division is pitiful. Um, well, I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. I like, the, I like New Orleans' defense in this game in terms of this matchup, but – I weirdly do think that we've just seen this effect of like the unknown working right up right out of the gate, and then it does seem like it does crash um, in a lot of cases. But I, I think you're going to just see a flash real quick um, with Ritter. I don't know if he's going to have an amazing game, but I think you're going to see enough out of him that's going to make a huge difference. So, yeah, Atlanta actually. All right, Matt's going Falcons there. All right, interesting matchup. 
Lions, Jets. Right now, Lions minus one, so basically a pick them over under 44 and a half. Lions are hot. Jets are not. Where are you boys going here? This one's about as even, Steven, as it gets in terms of the Vegas book. Who you guys got winning? I got the Jets, and I'm going to take the over. All right. And so is that that's your pick that you're making for the week is the over? Yep. All right, so Alex is dishing out the over on 44-and-a-half Lions versus Jets as his top bet of the week. So if you're listening to the show and you want to keep on the winning track, that's what Alex is giving out is the over 44-and-a-half Lions and Jets. Um, and he's, like I said, he's got the Jets winning. Matt, what do you got? I actually have Detroit here. Um... Matt is going Lions keeping that team hot. They win that one. They'll have won six out of seven. Uh, they're looking to be like there's possibly some good, legitimately good coaching from MDCC. MD, oh, my God. MCDC. Good Lord. Yeah, uh, we know what you meant. So, I like it, man. I, you know, it's a fun story. So, I'm into it. And quite frankly, if I can choose against the Jets, I'm going to. There you go. I actually have the Jets winning because I think the defense – Steps up here, and if Mike White is healthy enough at quarterback for the Jets, I think – I mean, they've lost some close games, and they haven't really been playing well, so maybe they pull this one out and keep their season alive. I don't I'll know. be rooting for the Lions. Dude, but White got his ass pasted. He but... did. The Bills came after him and ate Look, his I'm lunch. sorry. Detroit's front seven isn't a complete slouch. Like, there's going to be pressure. Like Mike yeah, White, they're going to get after him, no doubt. You better hope that you recovered enough this week because uh, your bumps and bruises aren't going to get any smaller. You're going to that's right. Going to hit you. All right, this next one is the biggest spread of the of the week, so this could be Matt's pick. We'll see. Chiefs Texans down in Houston right now. It's Kansas City minus fourteen. The over under is forty nine and a half. Oof, that's that's high. That's really expecting the Texans to carry some weight and maybe get some backdoor cover points i'm taking the chiefs i would love an upset here obviously alex has the chiefs uh so matt basically who you got uh no uh, kansas city and um is this your top is this your top bet again you know knowing me if i say yes it's gonna... You don't have to. I mean, if you if your top bet, if we haven't gotten to your top bet yet, then that's fine. No, it, it isn't. Now, granted, yes, I odds tell you don't take the big over. I still probably wouldn't take. I, I would still probably say it's a pretty good lock, but I have one that I think is a little bit this bigger lock in my opinion. So. All right, all right, let's keep on rolling. Then we've all got the Chiefs. Uh, this next one, it'll be really easy for me, right? It's Eagles Bears. Uh, Eagles minus nine point. Road favorite over under is 48 and a half. I think Philly wins, uh, no problem. We'll see how Fields responds. He had the hurt shoulder coming off the bye, uh, but I think Philly is, is rolling right now, so not a difficult pick for me. What do you boys got? Um, yeah, I think there could be a little bit of like an imposter syndrome thing here where like Chicago looks maybe mediocre for like. A quarter. Um, it's I'm, it's not a huge, huge spread. I mean, nine points is big, but it's not double digits, not nearing twenty. Um, like pick I had last week. 
But weirdly enough, and I, it's gross that I'm even saying these words out of my mouth, but there's not a chance in hell that Philly doesn't cover nine points. Yeah, well, and here's another little caveat. The, the Bears are 3-10. and 10. They're the worst team in the NFC, and they're the, they're the only team in the conference that's been eliminated from the playoffs. So they literally don't have anything to play for and no reason to risk Fields if he's not 100%. If he's not? Look, I, I think he's got a long way to go. Um, I do respect the athleticism, though, because it's proven that it can carry at least a game here and there and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, Philly or uh, Chicago, if, if he ain't healthy, just let let the kids sit. It, it's really not worth putting him out there. So, yeah. Philly, who you got here? That's my lock pick. Philly covers nine. All right, so Matt's giving out the Eagles <laughs> minus nine as his top bet of the week. God, Chris. So, uh, Eagles minus nine for Matt, over 44 and a half in the Jets-Lions game for Alex. Alex, who you got winning that Eagles-Bears game? I have the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, so we're all on the Eagles there. This next one, Steelers-Panthers in Carolina. Panthers minus two and a half point home favorite over under 37 and a half. Kind of a low total there. I would expect both teams to rely heavily on the run game. Um, Pickett's probably not playing for the Steelers. Uh, Panthers aren't an explosive offense with Darnold at quarterback, so I would expect there to be a heavy dose of the run from both teams. Uh, That being said, this is going to sound a little crazy. I'm taking the Panthers to win. Dude. I, I, I'm with you, man. Uh, you called it out earlier. It was a point I had to make. I wanted to make um, for this pick, but it's all right. So you're going to hear it again. Sorry, listeners. But Panthers are running the ball like you're supposed to in December. And that's going to be the difference in this game, in my opinion, because Steelers just aren't quite doing the same. Now, their rush attack isn't. Here's the crazy. Here's the even crazier thing. Panthers win this game. Bucks lose to the Bengals. Panthers are in first fucking place in the division. Is this what it felt like to be a, is this what it felt like to be on the outside of the NFC East last year? I mean, holy shit. I mean, like so, that's what we've got. That's what we've got with that that scenario there. Alex, I'm guessing you picked the Steelers to win this game nine months ago. Yep. All right. That was an easy one. I mean, it's I don't think it's not like it's a lock guaranteed for Carolina. I mean, they're not a good team, but No. Listen, there ain't no there's hardly there's hardly any locks anymore. So my only questionable one so far on the on the on the on the week that we've gone through is Indy, and all my other picks. Like everything else is sound. That's fair. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty spot on. All right. Fair. Don't know what we're gonna get out of the Jaguars, but here we are. Cowboys Jaguars in Jacksonville. Dallas minus four and a half point road favorite. Over under forty seven and a half. Uh, like I said, don't know what kind of Jaguars team we're going to get. Can their defense step up to the plate and stop the Cowboys offense? Are the Cowboys going to uh, struggle with Dak Prescott turning the ball over? Is Micah Parsons and the Cowboys defense going to harass Trevor Lawrence? I mean, there's so many questions that, depending on how you answer them, really will depend on your opinion on how this game is going to go. I mean, the Jaguars could make this one a dogfight and – and scratch out an upset, or Dallas could absolutely come in and roll. Like, there's, there are very wide ends of the spectrum on this game. That being said, I'm picking Dallas to win. Um, 
just because I do think that their playmakers are going to make the plays that you need. I'll be rooting like hell for the Jags, but I've got the Cowboys winning. Who do you boys got here? Um, it's a long shot, but I, I, I think Jax does have an opportunity that they could legitimately win this game. Yep. For the simple fact that when their defense becomes opportunistic, they create havoc. And when that happens, we have seen Dak not play good football. So, well, look at it this way. Last week, they go up to the Jaguars, go up to Nashville. They beat the Titans 36 22. Lawrence has a career day, and the Jaguars' defense forced four turnovers. So, that's that's but that's the thing you got to be careful with with the Jaguars is they had to play that good to beat Tennessee. So, and Tennessee's not a juggernaut. Here's the thing though. Tennessee may not be as good as Dallas, but Tennessee against the Jaguars is better than Dallas. Um, like we've seen that. The one thing I will point out, the only the, the one stat that leans me that I'm actually going with the Jags on this pick, screw it, I don't care, okay. um, is the fact that Derrick Henry still put up a hundo, over a hundo and a touchdown, and it didn't win him the game. So if, for, if Jags can somehow generate enough p- pressure – to keep Prescott from being comfortable and the playmakers being able to make a lot of big plays and you force it to be Pollard, I, I do think the Jags would generally have that chance there um, because yeah. they've done it. So Fair enough. Alex, what you got here? <laughs> I have Dallas. All right. Alex has got the Cowboys. Next one on the list, a uh, an interesting matchup because I've got – I mean – no freaking clue how this game is going to go, but we're going to find out. You got Cardinals-Broncos in Denver. Denver minus two-and-a-half point home favorite, over under 36-and-a-half. I'm taking Denver because I, their defense is still playing top-notch football. Uh, now, granted, they gave up in the 30s, but that was also because they were playing against the Chiefs. Uh, it's very tough to slow the Chiefs down. But both of these teams – on offense are really struggling. Obviously there's backup quarterback situations on both ends. Um, I don't want Denver to win. Cardinals are pretty much done. Once Kyler Murray went down, Denver's been done all season because they just can't score points. Um, so I'm going with the Broncos. Cause I think honestly, I won't be surprised if their defense scores them a touchdown in this one to help them win this game. But I've got the Broncos to win. What do you boys got? Yeah. Um, it's hard to pick against Denver's defense, and that's really the only thing in this game I think that's going to be, like, the linchpin. Um, it's the only thing that keeps them competitive, dude. It's – I mean, honestly. It's amazing that they've been competitive, and this goes to show you how much pressure or, or how much a strong defense – can make a difference in terms of just game to game. Are you able to possibly be in it? Yeah, uh, they're they're wasting the careers of some really good young defensive players. Oh, it's it, it's sad for those guys, man. Uh, Denver, figure it out on offense. Holy shit! Uh, but yeah, I got uh, I got Denver. Alex, what do you got here? You got the Cardinals? Well, nope. <laughs> I don't, and that's even more. Oh, we're all in the Broncos. 
Wow. Okay. That might be the first time this season we are all riding with it's the Broncos. Oh, God. Broncos country? Let's ride. Dear Lord, who, kn- who knows well, what's going to happen on. now? Brett Ripon? All right, this next matchup has got my pick of the week in it. Uh, we've got Patriots-Raiders out in Vegas. Uh, the, it's Raiders minus one. You got the uh, – basically, you've got the legend and the protege with Belichick going up against McDaniels. Um, I think that both of these coaches know each other extremely well. Uh, I think that the Patriots are going to win the game. Um, my pick, though, is the over on 44 and a half, because I think that this is going to be a game where because the coaches know each other so well, I think that the offenses are going to know how to exploit uh, the opposition. And both of these teams on offense, when they do have it going, they can score enough. So, like I said, 44 and a half. My pick of the week on the over. Uh, if you get a 24-21 game, boom, you hit. That's a very realistic total for this game. So I'm taking the over 44.5 Patriots Raiders as my pick of the week. What do you boys got in terms of the winner? I have New England. All right, Alex also going with the Patriots. So this one's a tough one for me because I hate the fucking Raiders and I never want them to win. But I need them to win. I need them to beat the Patriots to get the Pats out of the seventh seed. So it's a very difficult game. I'm picking the Patriots to win. I want the Raiders to win. I hate the fucking Raiders. Matt, who do you got? <laughs> well said, sir. Well said. Um, yeah, uh, look, I understand that I'm sure McDaniels is going to find some way to, like, exploit Belichick a little bit. You're not going to convince me that he's going Raiders to... are getting Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back. That ain't going to do shit, man. He's going I... to daddy. You still, A, have Derek Carr, and B, you still have Bill Belichick staring you down, not giving a flying fuck what you're doing, and basically just looking through your soul because everything you know is from Bill Belichick, and you clearly are not a great head coach. So it's this really is... not. End the coaching, and... I am not picking against Bill Belichick. Like, so we're all on the Patriots, which I think is the smart play. Um, I mean, Patriots getting a point in this one. You think they're going to win? I mean, that's that's easy money. I'm just surprised. Patriots money line, if you want. I mean, that's minus one hundred six. I'm genuinely just surprised, though, truthfully, that. I mean, I guess it's the Waller, like you said, Renfro, but like, I'm honestly surprised that the Patriots aren't road favorites. Like, I truthfully am. I'm surprised. I'm surprised as well. I think part of it is because of how injured the Patriots' backfield is, with Harris and Stevenson both being hurt, and those two guys really make the Patriot offense go. Now the Patriots' defense certainly carries them. Matt Judon leads the NFL in sacks. Obviously, Belichick is still a magician or a magician when it comes to scheming on defense. Um, I think that Vegas, being you know the the know-it-alls when it comes to the line. They think that Waller and Renfro coming back into the offense with Adams, with the way that Jacobs has run the ball the majority of the season, um, gives the Raiders a chance. None of us, obviously, are biting on it, um, so we'll see how it goes. Big matchup in the AFC, Titans-Chargers. Right now it's Chargers minus three, over-under is 47.5. This is a bad matchup on paper for the Chargers. 
We know how bad their run defense is. They give up 5.2 yards per carry. Derrick Henry has been hot lately running the ball. Uh, the saving grace for the Chargers is that they can force turnovers, and the Titans turn the ball over on offense, and they don't make big plays in the passing game. So if, the, if Staley and the Chargers defense can come up with a perfect scheme against this Titans offense, the way that they adjusted and had a perfect scheme against the Dolphins offense, they definitely have a chance. And let's be face it, Herbert is looking like primetime Herbert right now. Williams, Allen, Eckler, everybody's clicking on offense. The offensive line is always going to be the question mark because the two offensive tackles are, are hurt. So if Joe Lombardi can call the same similar type of game where he's got Herbert moving out of the pocket, bootlegging, play action, giving him some extra time so that he can fucking chuck that ball down the field. The Chargers are going to make big plays in this game. They just cannot get behind early and let Tennessee lean on Derrick Henry. All that fucking being said, I'm taking the Bolts. So, actually, even if the Chargers do fall behind like 7 nothing, it's no sweat. Even if it was 10, hear me out. Well, they find they fall behind ten nothing almost every week. I don't, I don't sweat ten nothing because we've what got I'm Herbert. Saying, they just can't be down, you know, fourteen or seventeen points. Well, that's not going to happen because, quite frankly, Tennessee can't score that many points. Let's be realistic here. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. running up your look. I, 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 I usually do pick heavy run games um, at this time of the year. Um, it's not a cold game, so really, it doesn't matter. And B. You're just looking at a healthier Chargers offense that when it clicks, like, good luck. Because passing yeah, they, attack, they be might the- have found something. Now, granted, they only scored 23 points, but they, I think they found their rhythm. Yeah, but it's not like the Dolphins are a slouch. Like, no. We're not talking about a bad team. So, you know, putting up points, even that on Dolphins, is still good because their defense is very solid. Um, with that said, though, you're also forgetting one guy. Austin Eckler. Huh? Austin Eckler. Yeah, Eckler. Come off, bro. Come on. He's your, it's your, come on, it's your team. Like, you completely steamrolled him. I mean, they don't use him in the run game uh, as much as they did last year. He's still scoring touchdowns left and right, but that's the my, running game hasn't been working the last few weeks. But that's my point, though. He still finds the end zone, and he does it again. So that's, to me, a big X factor in this game. Um, I, I got the, I got the bolts. Um, I, I genuinely think that they stack up well in this matchup. I really. All right. Alex, who you got here? You got Titans, Chargers. Chargers. All right, so we are all riding with the Powder Blues. Uh, obviously, it's a huge game for them because it's an AFC matchup and everything is uh, on the line in terms of playoff seating. This next one, you got a hot team and a not hot team. Bengals, Bucks, Burrow, Brady, uh, Goat versus. <laughs> You know, maybe future goat. Who knows? Uh, Bengals right now minus three and a half. Over under is forty three and a half. If I had to give out a second top pick of the week, over on the forty three and a half in this one because I think that the Bengals are going to light it up on the scoreboard, and I think it's going to force Brady to have to throw the ball and and to keep up. So I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into a shootout. I know the Bucks have been inconsistent, but. Brady can pull magic. He does Brady type things. So for over the 43 and a half, I, I love that as well, but I'm taking the Bengals to win. Who do you boys got here? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I made it the pick. 
and the reason why I made the pick last week, uh, much respect, but uh, the the king of the bayou is gonna is gonna get you there, uh, Tom. This is gonna be the passing of the torch game. What's that? The passing of the torch game. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I was gonna bring that, and uh, thank you for. I don't have to now. Um, <laughs> honestly, no. Um, but um, you know, honestly, if this game were if this game were in Cincinnati, I actually would probably pick Tampa. Weirdly enough, but the fact that it's in Tampa, I'm picking Cincinnati because it's just gonna allow, you know, uh, Jungle Joe Burrow, Bayou uh, Joe here uh, to uh, just light it up. I think you're gonna yeah. get big game from Joey Bayou. I think so too. Alex, who you got here? You got Bucks or Bengals? Rawr. All right, so we're all on the Bengals. Lots of uh, – we got lots of uh, clean sweeps here where we are all uh, chalk. All right, we already know who Matt picked in the Sunday night playoff game. So, Alex, who do you got here? You got Commanders, you got Giants. I got Commanders. All right, Alex is going with Commanders. Matt obviously has got the Giants. Alex, you picked the Giants the first time? Nope. Oh, you picked Washington both times. Oh wait, no, I picked. I did pick the Giants, but they tied. Yeah, I was gonna say you picked the yeah, Giants first. My bad. Time. So yeah, you basically bad. you basically picked the home team in this matchup. Uh, yeah, but let me just double check them because I'm gonna go back. I'm also uh, uh, one caveat. I'm basically also making this like I'm rooting for Daniel Jones because good for you. If he has a great <laughs> game, if he has a great game. Every Giants hater is going to have to fucking deal with the fact that he's going to be on the team again. No, not really, because he can have oh, a great game. He's still, he's still not going to do it. Dude, stop. Huh? If We're going to watch the game. I mean, bro. Yeah. If he, for like, oh, I picked, hey, I picked Washington both games. <laughs> did you, man? That's yeah. surprising. Dude, if Jones passes for like 220, which I don't know how that even could happen now that even Richie James is hurt. Like, I mean, Matt, for, are, you, are you coming up to watch this game Sunday night? No, I'm going to be in Jersey. You, are you really are you really telling me that if Daniel Jones passes for 250 yards, that's a good game when that is like average for good quarterbacks? Uh, it's average for a good quarterback who can't run for a hundred. So Bro, you ride, you ride New York Giants. You ride New York Giants starting quarterbacks so hard. Okay, well, like you need to open up your own hamburger, Mary, bro. <laughs> Every starting quarterback is the godsend to you for the uh, Giants, and they're all mediocre. We have not had an elite freaking quarterback ever. Because they've still won four championships without it, so why would I bet against it? You can't do that anymore. All right. In all fairness, I'm, I'm being – look, I'm not sitting here saying that Daniel Jones is, like, the most amazing quarterback. All I'm saying is is – if he has a good game, he's on a team again next year. I don't think it's a big contract. They're yeah, not as a backup not the team we've had, and we don't need to diverge too much into that. But look, if Dan, I'll make the like prediction now. If Jones throws for like two hundred twenty plus, and rushes for sixty plus, Giants win the game like easily. I don't know about you, but twenty. You're going to be watching in New 2, Jersey. passing yards and fucking twelve uh, touchdowns is the quarterback. That and hold on, hold on a second. What are you gonna miss the game? No, actually, we'll talk off air. We'll talk. We'll I'm, just, talk I'm just saying because it's only a three hour drive from New Jersey to the the Commanders Stadium. So anyway, 
All right. Alex has got Washington. I've got Washington. Matt's got the Giants. Monday night football, Rams, Packers. The NFL obviously thought this was going to be a big-time game. It really won't be a big-time game. Right now it's Packers minus 6.5. The over-under is 39.5. I'm taking Green Bay because they're technically still got something to play for. Um, we'll see what kind of uh, response – the, uh, the Rams have with Baker Mayfield playing a whole game and a whole nother week of learning the system. But I trust Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packer rushing attack in a frozen Lambeau field to take uh, advantage of what the Rams don't do well, and that is defend the run. So I'll take Green Bay to win this one. Uh, what the Rams do well is nothing. So uh, Green Bay. That was easy. Alex, who do you got here? Let's go, Baker. All right, so Alex is going again with the Rams. Now, mind you, he picked this game nine months ago. So yeah, I picked them to win like 15 games. Yeah, so there you go. This is how it shakes out, boys. We are all on the Niners. Uh, Alex has the Colts while Matt and I have the Vikings. Matt's got the Ravens while Alex and I have the Browns. So Matt and Alex have a head-to-head Vikings-Colts, a head-to-head Ravens-Browns. We're all on the Bills. Uh, I've got the Saints. Matt and Alex are both on the Dirty Birds. Uh, Matt's got the Lions. Alex and I are both on the Jets. So Matt and Alex have a head-to-head Lions and Jets uh, for those of you keeping score at home. We're all on the Chiefs. We're all on the Eagles. Uh, Alex has the Steelers. Matt and I are on the Panthers. So there's a head-to-head Matt and Alex, Panthers, Steelers. You've got a head-to-head Matt and Alex, Matt with the Jaguars, Alex with the Cowboys. I also have the Cowboys. Then we are all on the Broncos, Patriots, Chargers, and Bengals. So four wash games right there. Then you've got head-to-head uh, Giants, Commanders. Matt's got the Giants. Alex with the Commanders. I also had took Washington. And then another Matt versus Alex head-to-head on Monday Night Football with Packers and Rams. So if you're keeping score at home, you've got Matt and Alex with one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven head-to-head matchups. Matt v. Alex, so it could be a big week for the season pick race between those two. So, for episode number 135, week 15 of the NFL season, it's going to be a doozy. There are some big-time playoff implication type of games. We'll see how things shake out. You've got football on Thursday. Football on Saturday, football on Sunday, and football on Monday. God bless America. For myself, for Alex and Matt, it's been another episode of Pound the Pigskin where it's all football all the time, and we will see you next week.